What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears, and Chris Walton. Today, we welcome Mike Millen, a friend and client of Chris's at Chris's Gym. Um, Mike's a retired engineer. He's a sports and fitness model. Uh, he's a personal trainer. Um, I've known Mike a while. He's always uh, only to say hello to in the gym. He's usually the one in the corner trying to balance on top of an exercise ball whilst throwing a kettlebell above his head or something crazy like that that you don't see anyone else really doing. Uh, really inspirational, really nice um, outlook on life and refusing to to let age be a thing in his life. Um, me and Chris look up to him actually and I for one hope that I'm in half as good a shape as he is at his age but um, that all comes out in this podcast so I'll let Mike do all the talking. Please enjoy. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <clears throat> Mike thanks for coming on. You're welcome Rich. Um, I'm yeah, just Rick, Ricky. Rich you off. Ricky. It's Rick. Yeah, yeah, Ricky, yeah, yeah. That's a good start. <laughs> oh, classic Rich. That's going to set the tone, isn't it? Thank, thanks for that, mate, because I just awkwardly brushed over that one. I'm yeah. being called Rich. As soon as oh, I said it, I, I realised. I should have said that. Good start, Rich. Yeah, mm. blinding. So I'm thinking, basically, how can I, uh, how can I start this? And I'm thinking... You can just tell me how I can still have six-pack abs in my 60s, basically. You're not in your 60s yet. But nearly in your 70s. Nearly in your 70s? Well, I'll be 66 in uh, less than two months. Holy shit. <laughs> to give give any listeners a bit of context here, Mike's in better, better shape than all of you. I yeah. don't know about that. <laughs> Certainly all of us. <laughs> anyway. I don't know about that. But. Yeah, there's, there's me saying still get a six-pack. Actually, how can I get a six-pack in my 30s? Let you have then. packed on a few pounds. Really, <laughs> Shut up, mate. <laughs> So, Mike, mm. talk to us. Yeah. So, it's a question I've been asked before. So, um, people say you're very dedicated in what you do, and I don't think I'm dedicated at all. You don't see I just like love that. what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's the easiest thing in the morning to get up and do what I do. So, and they talk about diet and stuff like that, and what's your special diet? And I don't have a special diet. I just eat a sensible approach to everything. Yeah. I'm, it's not. I don't want to eat the. the, the the rubbish food, you know, the burgers and chips and, and processed food. But if I want to have a curry one night, I'll have it yeah. and not bother about it. So I just think it's a sensible approach. Have you always kind of thought like that or is it just as you've got no, older, you've kind of, I've, I've, I've you always, mentioned not, yeah. you don't, you're not really into eating junk anyway. No. Has that always been the case or is it something you cut out later? No, no, no. Um, I've always just enjoyed eating relatively healthy food. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a big drinker, but I enjoy a glass of wine now and again. Yeah. But I don't go out and get drunk. But of course, I've got, I got drunk before. But it's not something Sorry I seem that, to mate. want to do. <laughs> yeah, Chris is probably there. That is the last time. Uh, what a surprise. <laughs> and that's that's an actual be, true story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's got to be three years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Christmas. Really? Yeah. Christmas. One of your Christmas night. days. We ended up back at mine, didn't we? Yeah, till about five in the morning. <laughs> that was the last time. Ah. So just to say you might have took a day up. off training yeah. the next day yes I did I did so <laughs> but to sort of generalise it's it's always been a passion for me so my very first early memories is kicking a ball about which is my, you know a lot of the people's first memories anyway so I've just always enjoyed being a kid yeah and even now I feel the stuff that I do is what, I, what we've done as kids yeah yet when we grow up we tend to stop walking along a wall, and why? 
Yeah. yeah. You know, if I see a wall, if I see a tree, I want to go and climb it. Yeah. <laughs> as a 66 year old. Yeah. And why that stayed with me, I don't know. Yeah. But I just think, never lose that kid in you. Yeah. You know, be a bit of a sensible approach with your training and stuff like that as you get older. And I, I, I just think I've never lost that thing like last night, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, so Mike tried to convince me last night to go on some sort of terrifying run through the pitch black woods for Halloween. Right. Which I said I was going to do, and then I was too busy at work. So, <laughs> so he said, yeah. Where was that? But I took a group of people. Um, I, I take a group of people on a Sunday morning run anyway. Nice. So we get 12, 15 people coming, uh, running. But uh, I have about six or seven venues, so I never let them know where they're going to run until we turn up to meet. Okay. It's always off-road. So I suggest that's on a Sunday morning. So I suggested, as it was Halloween, do you fancy a sort of a Halloween run in the pitch black <laughs> in the woods so it says you literally cannot see your hand in front of your face so you're taking head torches and stuff as well so or? I said bring a head torch but yeah. most of them head torches are bouncing yeah, right. up and down they're not very good or whatever so I was using a torch so, but it was in a bridle path obviously where the horses go so it's proper churned up this time yeah, of yeah, year. It's been pretty so it was like a foot deep in mud and puddles and uh, lots of uh, horse poo and, and everything it really is quite disgusting <laughs> but it's like going back to being a kid yeah what yeah. do you see when you see kids yeah. want to jump in a puddle yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i mean all my, my clients and my friends now are sort of used to all this the, the way that i sort of take them so but at first they're all like skipping around this puddle and i go hold it a minute go back in that puddle yeah and then at the end of it they're actually splashing around yeah, yeah. and back yeah. back to being a kid again. And yeah, I it's funny. I, I went for a run literally the other day up in Chester and I didn't know where I was going. I was just making it up as I went and mm. then found myself going well off path. Yeah. And I was dodging puddles for the first 25 minutes. Mm. I thought, oh, we're going to get my feet wet. I can't get my feet wet. <laughs> why? And exactly. then And then after, you know, 10 minutes that I had got my feet wet, I was like, why am I bothering dodging these exactly. puddles? Just fucking run through it. Yeah. And then straight away I was like, huh. I found him just lying in my <laughs> <laughs> So I just, yeah, I just think, just instead of getting a bit narrow minded as you get older and oh, no, 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 don't do that, just, you know, have that broad outlook. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, we, we see this a lot. I mean, one of the things that people say every time we start talking about training and um, like lifting weights mm. or or doing anything past the age of like 40, 50, everyone's like, oh, I'm too old for that now. And exactly. it's like, it's, I've never heard anything less true. Yeah. You know, we, we know that the benefits that you get from resistance training, mm. getting out and about running and far out, uh, far greater when you get into your like sure. 50s, 60s, you know, so what, what message you, would you give to people who are, are in their 60s now who yeah. haven't started this yeah. sort of thing like yeah. who want to start training but perhaps are a bit mm. reluctant to go into a gym or to go out on a run or yeah. climb a tree yeah i think there's a program out there for everyone and it is quite intimidating for someone maybe in their 50s or 60s that have never sort of uh, trained or anything like that to go into a gym i can understand it is uh, it is quite an intimidating place to be for certain people especially yeah. if you're not that confident but I do believe there is a program out there for everyone at ever, any level of fitness as well. Yeah. You know, even if it's starting out going for a walk or getting a dog or maybe, but just get out there in the fresh air, take it steady, don't go mad at first and seek some advice from the professionals. Yeah. But just go out there and have fun. Mm. Mate, whatever you do, if you're taking up training for the first time, find, find something that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. 
because if it's a pain and you're not enjoying it and there, like I said there's variations of, of, of programs and exercise all exercise is good there's not an exercise out there that's not good yeah and you've got to find that one and enjoy it and yeah. if you can enjoy it and have a bit of fun like running in the woods you know if it's not everyone's cup of tea yeah but that run last night it was we had such a good time yeah so if you enjoy it you're likely to stick to it you right? are yeah. aren't you it's going to be that much easier in the same way that I, what I do is fun so it's not about dedication or attitude I'm just having fun yeah you might hear a lot from friends and you probably hear the same when they see you exercising and working out and they're not in great shape themselves and want to you know they want to do something but they're just not doing anything yeah. quite often a lot of people say to me I just don't like the gym I don't like the thought of going to the gym yeah. and I'm never really sure whether to just tell them to get over that and go and get some exercise or whether well fair enough don't go to the gym then but do something else but I feel like if you want to lose weight then you kind of should I must go admit, to the right, gym so the, one, one of the reasons we started this place and one of the reasons I think it does well is that they, they can be gyms can be really intimidating they can. and you can't like you typically go into like a normal gym and you've got that like one corner where you've got all the young groups of lads who are like bumping chests after each set mm. yeah in their little spray on vests yeah me and, and then you. and then some of the girls are on the cardio kit feeling like they can't go over sure. there and there is no middle ground so if mm. you were to walk in there as a first timer it's going to feel Absolutely. intimidating yeah. and a bit alien to you mm. um so you know the, the principles of training for men, women, 70-year-olds, 20-year-olds, the principles of training are the same mm. for everyone. Mm. You know, it's about intensity, exercise selection, doing things that you enjoy, and volume, lifestyle. and the lifestyle. Doing it for the, you know, you can't pick it up or put it down. A lot of people are, are lacking consistency. Yeah. You know, and they yeah. go, oh, it's coming up to summer, I better start going to the gym for a month. Yeah. And, and then after Christmas... We all know what happens after Christmas, yeah. but I believe it's a, uh, if you're finding something that you enjoy, you can. It is a lifestyle, and yeah, you're going to do it forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. I think as well. Once you start that, and you ca start carving out that time to do it, then it becomes mm. routine. And yeah. you're, you, I mean, you're both the same as me in that. If we don't do anything, I feel awful. Yeah, you know, I have it's to. Not do, just I have the to physical train regularly. Side, it's the yeah. mental. Yeah. Benefits. So I think that it's it's a shame, really, because I think that there's a lot of people missing out yeah. on that the way that it makes you feel that yeah. brain chemistry change that we Absolutely. always talk about and, and like, I think that's not uh, made um, aware of enough mm. that not only is there a physical attribute and you feel better it's the mental side of it yeah it's not all about fat loss so is much it better. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah for instance Some, oh sorry go on no the, I'll go back to what we've done last night if you most people would go to a, uh, whatever they're doing if they're training outside they're training and they're just going through that routine and they're thinking, right, 10 bicep curls or squats or whatever it is. And they're still thinking about what have I got to dinner? What, yeah. I've, I've got to go and shop in, I've got sure. to go all this. You go out and do the stuff that I do, you're not thinking about anything else. Yeah. And all the balancing stuff that like I do and whatever that and get involved in. Um, you know, you've got to concentrate yeah. and challenge yourself mentally as much as physically. And like running through that woods, there was nobody running through that woods in that deep mud last night was thinking about what the problems that everybody has yeah you know it was just a concentration and trying not to step in shit man yeah. exactly we spoke about that with <laughs> jiu-jitsu and boxing haven't we it's not yeah. it's a mind thing yeah. isn't it yeah. you yeah. can't you, think you about can't, anything else you've got to think yeah. about yeah, what it do. is and if you're enjoying it 
you know, you're stimulating yourself mentally as much as physically. Yeah, yeah. And the benefits that you get from that as well, it's not just the physical side. It's that well-being feeling. Uh, for me, that's the most important thing. I, I, I am so. night and day different person if I don't Absolutely. exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm then, awful to be around yeah. if I've not done <laughs> And if we get the odd injury, which, you know, you're going to get injury if you're, if you're staying active. I mean, how, you know, that is uh, depressing, isn't it? And how, when you can't do what you want, you just realise then how lucky we are to have a health yeah. and to be able to sort yeah, of move everything. around. Yeah, it's everything. It is everything. So, Mike, um, you mentioned that, like, when you were younger, like, one of your first, mm. like, th things that you remember was yeah. kicking the ball around. Tell, tell us, like, what your sort of journey has been, mm. um, you know, from then, like, to now, I guess. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't, I mean, I've known you for, for exactly. a long time now, and I still yeah, don't know nah, nah. where you came from. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as I said, it, it was, I grew up in South London uh, in a very poor area. Went to a normal rough old school, whatever. And I was sort of, just football mad. So all we ever done was play football, football, football. And I loved it. And I, as I grew up, sort of in my 10, 12, I just wanted to be a professional footballer. But I didn't have any access to any other sports because it was a poor school or whatever. We just had a tarmac playground. Yeah. Never knew what an athletics track was yeah, or yeah. any other gymnastic or anything. So it was just football, football, football. And I lived and breathed football. And I got to a reasonable standard, semi-professional. Uh, but... Physically, I wasn't just big enough because 20 or 30 years ago, it was all about being sized. Now it's a little bit different with the pitches and stuff like that. You mm. can, yeah, but there's still big uh, things. So I just wasn't physically big enough or good enough to make the grade. But I got to a good level and then that took me to about 27, 28. And then I couldn't maintain that uh, level. And I really did believe that I, my passion for football was so great that I thought, they're going to be looking at that old boy on, on the pitch, 50, 60-year-old, still trying to play football because I just did not see anything other than yeah. football. So I dropped down a level and then started playing at a level that was slightly lower. And I was looking around thinking, there's not that commitment from everyone here. Yeah. This is not for me. Right. You know, but yeah. I just believed I would go right the way through the levels and still want to play. Yeah. But I got to the stage and I thought, nah, this is not for me now. Yeah. This is not for me. So I started to look around. What sort of age do you think you were then? Sorry? I was probably... Approaching 30. Right. What so, sort of jobs did you have along, along the way? Um, I worked for bank for 25 years right. as an engineer. So I'd done shift work. So there was quite a lot of time off during the day uh, to exercise as well during the day. And it was a few days and a few nights. So I had a, a, a you know, it was, it was a comfortable job. Was you of the mindset to exercise or were you just playing football constantly? No, I was... Uh, or would you work out as well? Or? No, no, it was... It was training related football right so it'd be running and i love running and the training i'd be uh, i was playing over in harringay and i was living here so to think that i used to drive all the way over to north london to train on a tuesday thursday play football saturday and sunday and now i think driving right over to harringay but i didn't think nothing of it yeah, yeah. so anyway we said we, we I, I dropped that and i thought well no football's done now i can't play at that level so i started instead of looking very narrow-minded just thinking football I started to think a bit broader. You know, there is other sports mm. out there. Maybe yeah. try some other stuff. And I'd always enjoyed the physical training side of it and running, which uh, was involved in football. So I thought, well, let's do some long distances running, see how I got on. So I'd done five or six London marathons over a period of eight, ten years. No, no, less than that, seven or eight years. I really loved the running, the endurance and the long distance stuff. But physically, it just, I'm, it's, I don't put weight on easily anyway. 
So I just had that runner's body, which mm. is really skinny, yeah. really skinny, you know, nothing on my arms. And, uh, but I was aerobically in a great place, yeah. but just didn't look that good, to be honest. And then, so very drawn in the face. So I thought, well, I need to maybe change my training up a little bit just to look physically a bit better and not look so ill. Yeah. So then that was when I got first introduced to the gyms. So I started going to a gym and uh, again, I'm just thinking all gyms are just standing in front of a mirror and just doing bicep curls. But I sort of went to the, the, went to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> curls for the girls. For the girls, yeah. So I realized that that wasn't the case and started to enjoy the gym work. So mm. it then really, it's just gone from there. So I still enjoy the running, uh, not the marathons anymore. And uh, um, I stopped running on the road because I, again, it was getting a little bit boring. I got introduced to sort of running off-road, which I love doing now. Yeah. So, and then gyms just opened up a load more of, of, of sports to me and, yeah. and different type of training in the gym. So again, it wasn't just me standing there, bicep curls for the girls. I wanted to start climbing around. There's lunges for the, yeah, <laughs> for the lunges. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, not that one. <laughs> so, you know, so I uh, started playing tennis, squash, just everything. I just wanted to try everything climbing and that's how I've been probably for the last 25 30 years and people say to me when are you going to slow down and when are you going to stop and you know I never just surrender think, Mike yeah, never surrender they don't that, get, if someone that asks that question doesn't get the mindset though do they no that you're not going to I, I no presume. no no I love how you're talking about this like it, this story's <laughs> been taken uh, it's been explained over a minute and we're talking like a span of like 40 50 years yeah there. for sure yeah for sure. that's madness for sure because so. i don't see you as being no, that age no no it's really no, weird no i look at myself in the mirror i think sometimes not me if i see a video or something like that i think oh my god my hair's really white <laughs> <laughs> that's not me at least you've got some mate <laughs> yeah but i just think oh my god you don't see it in yourself yeah, do you yeah. or whatever and i think really is your hair that white so no, what a wonderful then, way to look at things i think people probably take themselves a a bit too seriously and sort yeah, of exactly. give up the battle against age yeah, far too early yeah, i think so i think it's a mindset so yeah. i've always been a positive type person and and you know as long as we have our health we've got so much to be grateful for yeah you know you're far richer if you've got your health you're far richer than your wildest dreams if you can just get out of bed and go and uh go out your normal day mm. and with all the trials and tribulations that, that bring we are so fortunate yeah. we're so fortunate we isn't really it isn't are. it bizarre that when you you know you get cold or you like sprain an ankle or you mm. you know you break a finger and then it's not until then that you that you're like oh do you, exactly. I, can't, I must have been so much happier when I didn't have yeah. this cold or yeah. like even get the flu yeah this ankle pain absolutely like, yeah and you it take, takes, take it for granted don't absolutely we absolutely you don't you need to get a tiny little speck of dust in your eye yeah and oh my god yeah isn't it and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, worst day yeah, of my life <laughs> exactly so it puts things into perspective if we, sorry but no no how, like how do you remind yourself of that when you're not suffering yeah. you know like yeah. how, because I, I I always seem to like create some kind of like worry or anxiety or mm. issue maybe to fill that void when I'm feeling fine like health wise yeah. touch wood at the moment I feel really yeah, well yeah. but then you're not you don't you're not constantly reminding yourself of that mm. where perhaps we should be right I mean yeah, how do you do that um, yeah I, I think that just comes to me naturally to be thankful for what I've got right and you know that's complicated. yeah yeah and it's not all about um, fast having lovely cars and big houses you know happiness comes from within there 
yeah. in there and it can be very simple so I always try but I don't try it and think that way it just seems to be you know what I'm so fortunate so fortunate to have you always been day. like that I think so yeah yeah I'm always sort of very positive about things you know we all have our ups and downs and stuff mm. like that it's it's you know, it, it's life isn't it and we're yeah. gonna have some uh, terrible times we're gonna come through but yeah yeah so I think it's just I don't fight oh you you remember you've got to you know you you you, you got to be lucky that you've done this it seems to be that I just can't wait to get up out of bed in the morning yeah I just can't you know I love my house and my, and my but I can't wait to get out of that house <laughs> I'm like that yeah, I'm not I love my house, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, I suppose it is a um, a positive mindset that you have to have, and it does. It's not the case with most people, but I'm nothing special. It's just I've had, I've been consistent. Yeah, I, I, I've heard the expression. Um, what was it? Oh, no, I forgot the. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Though. Oh no, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Old man strength. Yeah. Now that sounds a bit of a contradiction itself because right. you don't have strength when you're an old man. But I took it as you've been doing it for so long that it's given you that that strength. Yeah. You know, consistency. So what it means is that it's, it's being consistent. Yeah. You know, if you've done something for 20, 30 years, yeah. then you're going to you'll be, be good reasonably good at it. Yeah. Whether yeah. that be a doctor or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. experience. So, yeah. That, yeah. So it's old man yeah. strength. That mm. goes for getting yourself out of bed to exercise to... Uh, a mindset of gratitude I guess as well isn't yeah, it once yeah. you've done it so long it really yeah. does start to become ingrained yeah but I just think like I said it, it, I'm nothing special it's just I've done it for all that time yeah Whereas you can't pick anything in, in life you know you're not going to be successful in business if you just play around with it and pick it up put it down whatever whatever it is you know, you've got to be consistent at it and enjoy what you're doing enjoy it enjoy so it. What, at what point because you train people now, don't you? Yeah. yeah. At yeah. what point did you transition from engineering? Uh, did you transition from engineering to yeah, 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 yeah. When I was about 50, as I said, I worked for the bank for a long while and, and um, people kept saying to me, I was reasonably comfortable in what I was doing financially. And people kept saying to me, Mike, what's the best way to do this? Mike, what, what, what? And suddenly the penny dropped and I thought, yeah. I could carry on working for another 10 years, you know, in the job I was in. Yeah. Um, they were asking you questions about fitness and yeah and, and, and i said i loved the job that i was doing but my real passion has been sport and being active all my life yeah so i, I just thought hmm. some kind of a penny dropped and i thought well i could i was in a position to about leave the job that i was doing and then maybe start doing some personal training so that that sort of grew in my mind a at little 50 bit. this was this was at 50 yeah. yeah so i'm thinking about starting a new career Fair at, at 50. Mm. And I could so have many people out there that just wouldn't have. Yeah. They'd be like, "No, what's the point? No, I can't do that now. Yeah. Well, I'm so close to retirement. Why do that mm. now?" And I said, "I had a great job. It wasn't yeah. like I was unhappy in the job. It was financially, I was in in, in a reasonable position. But it, it just penny dropped, and I thought I could actually make my quality of life even better than it is now. Yeah. I think so, people settle, don't they? Like, yeah, just because it's not normal. Mm. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what some someone said to me the other day that bothered me actually and, and sort of sparked something in me we was talking and they were asking about um what i wanted to do next and stuff like that and i'm still you know i'm sound engineering at the moment currently i wanted to go into starting up some of my own events and mm. stuff like that and he knows i've started business previously he said to me oh you're, you're never settled are you and i was a bit like mm. i just kind of ignored it but yeah. i just realized you don't you don't get it it's not about never being settled it's about constantly wanting to improve or change mm. or do different things, well, try mm. different things, evolve, yeah. yeah. It's not about 
just settling. I, no. I mean, but then it made me think, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I should just settle. And, no, but, no, but, don't do no, that. Well, that's, no, no, who is this guy? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my attitude in the gym to training. Yeah. You know, I can do this, what I'm good at, but I like to think, well, you know, maybe if I try that, what's going to happen or whatever. Yeah. And constantly, you know, just thinking, let's try this, let's try this. Yeah. What happens if mm. I do this? It's getting over that fear of failure as well, yeah. isn't it? And like, what if something goes wrong? The, the Tim, Tim Ferriss does this, um, like practice, you know, Tim Ferriss? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, where he like, will write out a list of the things that he wants to improve on or be better at or risks he wants to take and then he'll write out the worst case scenario mm. you know oh, yeah, what's the worst serious, thing yeah. that could possibly happen yeah and then when you actually like read analyze into those it. and analyze that you're like well, it's not that fucking bad is it no. you know so no. and and i think the time we have the opportunities we have to do this is so short like it's seen, but i can understand like it is you do overanalyze things, don't you? You mm. do think if oh shit, well I'm gonna I won't earn as much money, or people will think that yeah. I'm an idiot, mm. or yeah. and that fear of failure yeah. is within most of us. I think a lot yeah. of the time, whenever you're making these big mm. decisions, yeah, I always say risk and return. Yeah, you know risk, and you know everyone takes calculated risk, and and our risk assessments are different for each individual person, but. You know, I'll sort of th look at the risk and I've got it wrong loads of times. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've fallen over, I've hurt myself, not yeah. badly. But, and you think, what is the return? Is it worth it? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I so, also think, like, uh, you, I mean, you, you've, you'd be able to tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't want to look back in 30 years' time and think, oh, fuck, I should have done absolutely. that. And I, I feel like that a lot now. I, that's, what, that's what I think that feeling of being unsettled, that's why I think that's good. Yeah, you know, because Absolutely. I can't, I can't imagine you'll look back in thirty years and go, "I'm so glad I stayed at yeah. Sound Engineer." Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. Again, my attitude to that is never regret anything you've ever done. Mm. Only regret the things you haven't done. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've all made boo boos and and stuff like that that you look back and you think that wasn't a good thing to do. But never yeah. regret them mistakes, the positives. Only have the regret about them things yeah. that you've just said that you didn't do. Yeah. Because that is gone. That is I'm, gone. I'm experiencing things even like now like business wise and have have done in the past and and I've thought which I thought oh end of the world mm. like, you know like something goes yeah. wrong you're like fuck's sake this is the worst thing that could ever yeah. happen and at the time it is it's painful yeah. painful things happen to us yeah. all the time whether that's family social work mm. whatever it might be and then it's only really as I've got in towards my mid-30s that I've can see that there's you know i hate to use the term like everything happens for a reason but mm. it really it is does. true and like yeah. there's always something positive to take Absolutely. out of it there's always something to learn does that get even is that even yeah, more yeah. so and as think, you get into your well that, that's what experience brings isn't it and yeah. that's like i said with any job or anything you do you as you get a bit older and you've learned from these things i mean it'd be lovely to have the knowledge that we have now as a 20 year old wouldn't it wouldn't it yeah. wouldn't it? everyone yeah. would be so successful yeah. because yeah. a lot more money in the bank the, for yeah sure. it's not the way and what <laughs> i said but yeah so i just think it's it's so true that what you say so yeah. true. when, when something goes wrong like, now do you think exactly like, take it take it stock do. of it and be mm. like i know it's going to be all right mm. yeah and it's hurting at the time, as you say, but we yeah. we all suffer from ups and downs, don't we? Yeah. But it's how we bounce back and how we learn from the, the boo-boos or the mistakes that we've made that makes us a better person and, 
and move on or whatever. So it's never quite as bad as it seems at the time. Yeah. It does seem bad. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I've had some times with some days when I thought yeah, that, that this will never not, this mouth. will never get better. Mm. And then it does. if you look back at anything that's happened in your life, mm. six months, yeah. One year, mm. it's not even a thing, is it? No. It's yeah, like it's you're, funny, not, you're not. You're like, oh, well, I was. Yeah. And the the only th- thing I I regret wasting time worrying about things that have already happened. And mm. I, I tell this to people all the time: never worry about things that haven't control. yet happened. You can't control it. Have yeah. already happened. Yeah. But I still do it, Mike. Yeah. I still yeah. do it. Yeah. All well, the time. Again, we all do it a little bit. And uh, how do I stop? Yeah. Give me the answer. There was there was a, a situation where I had to go up to London a little while ago. So I went to, I had to be there about seven o'clock. I had to get up for early train. So I went on to Orpington station. Now I'm just looking up and down. I'm, it's rush hour. So I'm sort of people watching and being in the sort of fitness and stuff mm. like that, the body language is so important. So I'm really aware of people's body language. So I'm just looking up and down this minding my own business. And over about five or 10 minutes, I've noticed a crowd of people standing together maybe 10 or 12 people in this one tiny little spot on the platform. I'm thinking, what's going on there? So it's intrigued me. So five minutes later, the train pulls in, but that's where the door opens. Yeah. And these people are standing there every single day. They're not even communicating with this other person. Yeah. And the door opens and they get in. And I think to myself, you know what? There's got to be more to life than yeah. that. Got to be more. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably doing that for 20 years, yeah. maybe 25 years. Yeah. And are they? They cannot be happy doing that. They cannot. And I, I just thought, like, oh my God, that's awful. Yeah. I know. I've seen. I've seen that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre, isn't it? It really is. But I was outside the goldfish bowl because yeah. they're not even really aware they're doing that, and they're doing that for maybe 48 weeks of the year, for four weeks holiday. Yeah, I think the problem, right, and, I, and I've always, I've never, that's never been like a goal of mine to work in the city no. or to, to work in an office. But I think the problem that people face is that they, a few years roll by, you find yourself, you've ended up somewhere sure. doing a job, sure. maybe for the paycheck, maybe because society mm. thought you should do it or yeah, your yeah, education channeled you into it. Yeah. And I don't think it's that people you know some people certainly would enjoy it i'm sure yeah. but that like daily grind that's not a choice i think once you've built a life around that i think sometimes people haven't can't see the wood for the trees no. because they haven't got the opportunity no. to leave that situation no. No. um you know because you might have you know school Precious. fees yeah, sure. bills yeah. mortgages and things like that and then yeah. suddenly you find yourself in this situation where you've got no other choice yeah. and that's when it becomes difficult to take that take that, that risk, mm. that step that we're yeah. talking about. And I think that's why some people feel suffocated by the idea of yeah. like, or, or by the risk mm. that it would take. Mm. Because mm. when you're 21 and you get to choose to travel the world or stuff, yeah. nothing yeah. really matters, right? Mm. Yeah. So I think it's about uh, empowering people to make that choice without risking their yeah. family's yeah, security, yeah. Yeah. you know? I was, I was chatting is, to my um, yeah, um, sister-in-law the other day about she's trying to, figure out what her um what her son my nephew sh- should do next kind of thing and she realized that she was kind of pressuring him and he's 13 and it's like <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter what you no, do next do no, anything exactly. go and fail at a few things go yeah. and get something wrong like it really doesn't matter what you do next you'll no. figure it out eventually like yeah 
imagine at 13 wondering what you're going to do yeah, with your life. I didn't have that pressure. any perspective at 13. I didn't 13. know that when I was 20 or whatever. No, I just stumbled into things. No, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to be doing in five yeah. years. I want to know. I think it's funny, isn't it? That certainly the education system, when, you know, and having to choose like certain topics to study, like universities, real example real good example of this is that you're 18 19 years old and someone says to you pick a degree mm. which could well define what you do for the rest of your life yeah. Yeah. that's a choice and that is fucking it? mental that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. No, and i yeah. what i did this is how i got into this industry i was like i like sport i'll do a sports degree mm. that is exactly how that is exactly how immature my mind was at nine, 18 but 19 you, but years you say old that, but, that's good, but it was something you liked yeah yeah well yeah I'm Where glad so many I'm people now. go into a life that they don't really like yeah. so i've got nothing but admiration for you to doing that because you know you thought it was something i like yeah. Yeah. and that's what going back to the very first conversation we've just been having here do something you like make it like you enjoyable yeah, life's too short to be Absolutely. doing something you don't like right so yeah also that point about them people standing on the on the platform if they're happy then yeah that's fine yeah but looking at them they wasn't that happy and they could spend 20 years of 30 years if you're happy doing that that's fine but if you're not don't be doing that i think there's something don't about be the doing commute that. find though, something maybe like when you get in the office it might be a really great place to work mm. and you're working on something really mm. exciting but yeah but these but for sure difficult that, to look happy on a train isn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> these people did not look happy yeah. when, when you've paid how much for yeah, the week yeah. and you still don't get a yeah. seat you're like fuck but, you yeah but the, my point is just Whatever you're doing, try and you know make sure you're, you're reasonably happy. You're not all fortunate enough to do everything, which, but yeah. I am. But what I yeah. do, but I've always yeah. thought, you know, I want to look back and think I didn't waste, not waste, but yeah. at least especially I was reasonably as, happy. Especially as a lot of their um, drive for doing those jobs and commuting on the train or, or doing a job perhaps that they're it's not passionate about is the trinkets. Yeah. The trinkets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly bigger house, maybe slightly yeah. another bedroom. I, that, I can't help but think that in, you know, on your deathbed, that's going to be like, oh, I fucking probably didn't need all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chase experiences. It's nice money to as have well. that. Of course, well, and we all it's like, old. you know, nice things. There's nothing wrong in that. And, and you have to get to a position where, you know, you're sort of reasonably financially secure where, you know, if you're bringing up a family. But yeah, I think that's the balance, isn't it? Yeah, right? like it's a balance. You, because everything. for the people who go, oh, I'd never work in an office, fucking mm. boring. I'd rather like kick a ball around and mm. like do whatever yeah. it may be that I love that there is money does buy mm. you some freedom and freedom yeah. allows you to do Choice. things that you love. Choice. So, you know, with, with you can't sacrifice one for the no, other. So it's yeah. about that. It's a balance. Of course yeah. It is. yeah. There, and there is money to be made in every industry. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Especially you know, if you show a passion for it yeah. you know, and you enjoy what you do, you know, I can see, come to see you and you're bouncing around in that gym. Yeah. And I can see you want to be there. Mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to be there though. You yeah. Know, you're not walking around. And like I said, from the body language, you know, and most people in that gym, yeah, yeah, they want to be there. And yeah. I think, well, that's that's good way to be in life, isn't it? If you're, re you know, reasonably happy. Um, yeah, I think everyone has their ups and downs, don't they? Even course. if they're doing something they love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes you question it, don't yeah, you? And then you're like, oh, do I really want to be doing yeah, this? Is yeah. there enough money in yeah. this? You know, is there enough progression? Mm. Should I be doing something else? Mm. Grass is always greener, Absolutely, isn't it? I think yeah. even when you're doing something that yeah. you love doing. But that's important to say as well, isn't it? That you have to, you can't all, we talk about passion and finding things you love, but mm. there will always be a point in your life where you have to do things you don't particularly Absolute, want to of do. Of course. You run a business, there'll be of God course. knows how many times you're sitting at your desk doing yeah. some shitty task that you really don't want yeah, to be yeah. doing. Yeah, we but all you have to do, do that. So you can 
keep that other time. side of yeah. and then we get back to the balance again yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't have right. one without the other no it's but you don't want to be is doing that shitty stuff all the time yeah, yeah. You know, talking about be... shitty stuff Mike ah this <laughs> this is my what? this is what? my number one reason for getting Mike on the podcast is <laughs> he has the best story I've ever heard um I mean I don't even want to ruin it but this I was I if I think about this now, it makes me laugh, which is why when you were talking about marathons earlier, I was trying not to crack I up. I presume you know the story he's talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike, please tell us. Sure, yeah. Please tell us. And that's a great sort of step into the next one where we talked about there. So um, I've got a good friend that um, started doing some training with her and stuff like that. And she's enjoys her training, but in the way that most people do, not really passionate about it anyway. So... I said to her, would you fancy doing a marathon? And she would never even run across the road. Right. You know, she just was not into her running at all. Not, not at all. She looked at me in utter disbelief. Why would I ever want to run a marathon? Anyway, we had a chat about it and she said, all right, then I'll give it a go. Bearing in mind, she'd never done any kind of uh, running, street running. So she signed up for the London Marathon, got into it. So it was two years ago, which was the hottest marathon ever which there is some significance towards this at the end. Yeah, I was there, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 I ran that marathon as well, yeah. Yeah, 17, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because I saw you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you were on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't running it. No, I wasn't running it, no. So because she was a bit inexperienced and stuff like that, and when you go up to Blackheath, it's quite intimidating and stuff like that, you don't know what's going on. So Bakernot Day, I said, well, I'll come up with you and sort you out put you into the pen, just, you know, get your number and, and just sort of look after you, generally look after you. And then I'll drive up to Blackfriars where I could get a good vantage point to see you. Because you've obviously done a few at this point. Yeah, yeah, so 24 miles, this was, I was going to meet her at 24 miles. So we got up there, there's 35,000 runners, there's 40,000 probably spectators up Amazing there. Amazing weather, wasn't it's it? It's was great, it was just a beautiful place up there, so... But because she was um, thinking about she was going to do sort of towards six hours or whatever, then I don't know if people realise, but they put you in pens, so you do your estimated time. Right, okay. So the six-hour pen was sort of towards the back. So the time she went for, across the, the, the start line, the, most of the people had gone, and they'd started packing up uh, all the barriers and stuff like that. So it was, a sort of baking hot day. So I thought, well, I have a quick pee, and then I'll go back to my car, which was parked up about 20 minutes away from the heath or whatever. And I'll jump in the car, go to Blackfriars, and I'll be there a nice time before she gets there. And I'll get my right spot. So I went into this uh, portaloo. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever been into a portaloo. Fortunately so, yeah. Unfortunately or fortunately? Unfortunately so. Exactly, exactly. So right, bearing the marathon in, mind, in particular is... Yes, bearing in mind... Oh, festival, probably. There's probably 70,000 people there. They'd been there since 5 o'clock in the morning. People were there. And this was probably 10, 11 o'clock. So right. it was pretty grim. Pretty grim. <laughs> <laughs> Plus with the heat, it's oh, plastic. No, yeah, of course. It's plastic. Boiling it's like, yeah, it, it, it was like a sauna in there. So I've gone in there and I had a pair of shorts on. And the shorts I had didn't have any pockets. So my keys to my car were tucked into the waistband of my shorts. So I've gone into the toilet and in slow motion, I've just adjusted my uh, waistband to do what I had to do. And in slow motion, I just saw this <laughs> keys come out, jump out. They didn't fall out, they jumped out. 
<laughs> and floating down and have landed straight into this toilet, which was piled up, piled up. And oh, my, 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 it was like, people say when you have an accident, it happens in slow motion. And I just thought, is this really happening? And I was watching this key going down like that and plop. Well, I just thought, oh my God. <laughs> If I don't get that key out within five seconds, I'm going to be stuck because the electronic keys. Okay, Obviously, right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like an old-fashioned key, is it? So it was just like, I've got to go down there. <laughs> I've got to go down there. So I picked the lid up of this toilet. <laughs> it's 40 degrees in there. And I don't know, for people that don't uh, have never uh, experienced a portal, it's a tank. It's a black tank, maybe... 750 by 500 by whatever Just it's a square but and it was full of diarrhea yeah. absolutely oh. full so <laughs> so in the next five seconds but well, i'm just painting the picture <laughs> you're right Chris. <laughs> it was just a soup of diarrhea oh no so and i've just thought, took a took a big deep breath and gone i've gone down there like that and i went up to my elbow Instant. Out to my elbow in this tank full of poo, <laughs> diarrhea poo. And I am fishing around. So if you can imagine like a fish tank and I'm just going around like this. And excuse me for being a bit crude here, but it, it is very relevant. And I was pushing logs. <laughs> so please excuse my language. And I was squeezing them, looking for this key. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I'm disturbing this smell. It's just insane. Wow. And I, I was down there for about 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I'm thinking, I'm pushing in, squeezing these logs amongst oh. this soup. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this can't be there. The key can't be there. But I know I saw it in slow motion. So I've had to come up from She's 30 seconds. The whole time. <laughs> this is what, after 30 seconds, I'm thinking I would have found that key by now. So I've come up and my arm is just oh, absolutely God. dripping. So I've quickly looked on the floor because I, in some way I was hoping it had gone on the floor. But I, I really did know it was in yeah. there. It went in there. Yeah. So I put, took a deep breath in between the... <laughs> 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 I thought, I've got to go down again. So I've gone down again. And <laughs> it was really bad. It was... Uh, I, I was been able to do that. I was traumatised. Traumatised. And I've gone down again. <laughs> and I've actually found the key. Well, I've gone like that. And I have dived out of this portal. And unbeknown <laughs> to me, there's a, 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 there's a steward about 30 metres away. I've not seen him. I've come and dived out there like I, uh, I don't know what. And I've took this big gasp of breath. He thought I was having a heart attack because I've come out there and I'm just like, oh, oh, traumatised, traumatised. Yeah. <laughs> he's come running over to me. This old boy, I know he must be in his 70s or something like that, and he's, gone, he's got about five metres away from me. And he's going, you okay, you okay? His hands are up in, 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 in worried about my health or whatever. So I've gone... He's gone, you okay, you okay? And then I've got picked my arm up and he's seen my arm <laughs> covered. It's stuck. It's stuck with his dripping poo. Fuck. And he's jumped back like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get away from me. Get away from me. He, he didn't want me. Yeah, he thought I was going to come and uh, yeah, get yeah. close to him. 
and I've gone, have you got any tissue? He's gone, oh, what? Well, I don't want to know now. I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm he's off. got the smell and everything. You're on your own, pal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said, have you got any tissue, any water, anything? Can you help me out? And he's going, no, 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 no. He's screaming, running yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, I need something like that. He went, well, there's a load of portaloos 50, 100 metres away. He went, they may find a bit of tissue in there or a bit of water, anything. 100 metres, that's a stretch. That's yeah. a stretch when your yeah. arm's covered in shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I've sort of run across there and I've got halfway between me and the portaloos and there's a BMW police X5. So I thought, well, they, they, they must be able to help me out. So as I'm running towards him or whatever, and bearing in mind the, the heath was near enough clear now because most people had gone. Run so away from, yeah. They'd been there since, yeah, they'd been there <laughs> since five o'clock in the morning. They've all got their uniforms on. It's a bacon hot day. They've had enough as well. Yeah. So as I've approached him, he's wound down the window and I'm, I've, got, I've got a special request. He went, tell me about it, mate. He's been, I've been a copper for 25 years. There's nothing I ain't seen. And then he's seen my arm covered in <laughs> absolute shit. Hold that four. And, they, and the four of them in there, two girls as well, they pissed themselves laughing. They just burst out <laughs> laughing. They're not like, oh my God, we'll help you. They were just cacking themselves really? laughing. <laughs> I said, you've got to help me. I said, have you got any, uh, any, any tissue or anything like that? He went, no, 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 no. He said, I've never seen nothing like this. He went, go over. He sent me the same place. Go over to the, uh, these portaloos and you might find some tissue in there. So I said, if you can't, come back. He said, and we'll open the first aid box. At least there'll be bandage in there, something to help you out a little bit. So I said, all right. So I've run in over to these row of portaloos, which is about 12, 12 in a line. So I'm in and out these portaloos trying to find some kind of tissue. Like a proper it's weirdo. absolutely <laughs> stinking. It really is. So as I've come out of one, I've seen a family pushing a buggy. And I thought, wet wipes. You know, there. So I've, as I've approached her, this, this mum has screamed, oh my God, she's seen my arm. She's like, I've got some wet wipes. So she's helped me out. So this, the dad, the uncle, they're all standing back like this, but she's given me this packet of wet wipes. So I'm trying to uh, clean myself up, but it's really inside this key. You know, I'm trying to clean the key and stuff like that. Oh, God. And it, it, I've got the, the same. It's got it here. It's not, the, not the key, it's the spare one, but it's exactly the same as that. I mean, yeah. you know, you're yeah, not sure, cleaning that. That's hobby. down everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That is, you know, really. So, <laughs> but not only that, so I've got most of it off, but I'm looking at my nails. Now, it's all down my nails as well. Oh, my, it my really is so. down my nails. And as much as I've got the, the majority of off, it's stinking. It's absolutely, my whole body is smelling. It's right under my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got. So now it's starting to dry. I'm looking around, still got no water. So, uh, it, I'm really in a bad way. What I'm thinking now is I've got to get up to Blackfriars to see this girl because she's inexperienced. She's going to be in trouble in the last couple of miles. With hindsight, I would have had enough time to go home, change, and come back. But I just think I've got to get to this thing to support this girl. Yeah. This girl. People were saying to me, "Why didn't you go in a pub and wash?" I can't walk into a pub. I was actually stinking of covered in shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, my my thing was just to get into this car and go up to Blackfriars or whatever. And I was gonna park my car where I used to work, which is at Blackfriars. And I thought, well, I'll be able to go in then. The guy that I used to work with, he knew I was coming up to park my car. So I thought, well, I could be able to wash my hands in the toilet there. I'm so traumatized, I don't know where I am in Blackheath, where my car's parked. I've yeah. lost all sorts of uh, thinking process, bit, yeah. yeah. And I'm worrying now, when I go back to that car, when I go bleep with a car with a key, is it going to, to work? work? Yeah. Or has it been in the, 
in the post. Shit for too long. <laughs> so I found out where I am. It's taken me half an hour, and I'm really thinking as I'm walking towards this car. Please work, please. When I give it the blip, and it went blip, and I thought, at least I can get in the car. Well, again, the car was like a sauna. Oh, it, it, it had been, it was roasting yeah. the hottest day of the year. So I've gingerly got into the car like this, put the key in there, and turned it using my just my fingers. And I've drove up to London. No, <laughs> the just, little pincers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to use this other hand. And again, the smell in the car. You know, I can't get rid of this smell of shit anywhere. It's yeah. absolutely rotten. So, and I'm still heaving. So <laughs> I, I, the guy who's, uh, I'm going to park the car. He's waiting outside the building for me. So a guy I've known for 20 odd years or whatever. So he's um, got out of the car and I'm walking towards him. And he's gone, Mike, Mike, like that. And he's held out his hand. I had to shake my hand. So I've gone, bosh, like that. He shook his, my, <laughs> shit, my shitty hand. <laughs> it's dry, but he shook my hand or whatever. I thought, he's getting it. <laughs> so we've gone down. And he said, come in, have a quick cup of tea and whatever. So I've gone down. And I've just gone to this toilet. And I'm scrubbing my hands. He's going, what are you, keep, what are you, what are you washing your hands so much for? And I told him the story. And he went, you dirty bastard. He went, I've just shook your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I went back to the uh, where I was watching this girl, and she's come along, sure enough. But like I said, most of, it was five or six hours into it, so there was the sort of tail enders, if you like. So I, I jumped over the, the the barrier. Well, when you're in doing a reasonable time, there's marshals everywhere. There, they're going to not let you stand over the barrier. But I thought, well, I'll walk along. But she was sort of walking a little bit of running, but in a bad way, as you would be. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go with her until the stewards tell me to, you can't walk along here. So from 24 miles to 26, I was just telling this girl this story. So she just brightened up. You know, <laughs> we had the best two miles of the lot when normally she would be like this and in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. So we got to um, Buckingham Palace, where you know, you mm. turn right at Buckingham Palace and it's 100 meters. Right. And I'm still running with her, walking, running with her. And I'm thinking, no one's saying I can't go through this. So I watched and it went through the finish line. They're taking my pictures and they're pinning <laughs> medals on me. <laughs> they're giving me a medal. And I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm, you deserve one for that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but, Stayed there for your friends. Yeah, yeah. So they all that take me pictures of the time and all this. And I'm going, no, 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 I didn't do it because there's no one that didn't do it, whatever. So. That was my marathon story. So I I, you I, went through a harder experience than oh, anyone running so. there. Yeah, so yeah, so the, the preceding couple of days or whatever, when uh, I, I told Chris and yeah, he was he was cracking up and <laughs> it was making some of the people feel sick. And it's a, it's I a, would have had I would have had to let the keys go. Yeah, I would because I'm really like uh, gaggy. Like I can't. Yeah, yeah. That makes me. I can. I think I was nearly. I think I was sick. When I you think you was. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, yeah think I was. was. Yeah. Classic Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have probably just turned yeah, around at the sight of shit in the Sorry toilet. And yeah, I went and I was sick. Yeah. But fantastic. It's a funny story. It's a funny story. But it's it's a bit crude. But you have to sort of be the bit crude to understand. Yeah, another yeah, perfect yeah. example of when life gives you lemons, Mike. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it turned into a positive Ivy, thing yeah. because it makes people laugh. So. Right. One other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which. I have tried in the past. Um, in fact, let's just reel it back a bit. Your routine, like morning routine, mm. for someone who is, um, you know, so super keen to get out of bed and you've got so much energy, mm. um, and I hate to talk about age and stuff, but no, like no. very, very, very unusual relevant. for someone who's yeah, in their mid-60s. Um, do you have like a morning routine? I, I know a bit of it, yeah. but for people listening, would you explain what you do um, like when you wake up, basically? Yeah. 
When I wake up, I'm, I just set the alarm or whatever. Sometimes I'm awake anyway before the alarm, but I just generally say. What sort of time do you get up? I'm start, starting to stir from half past five, really, to yeah. whatever, and I'm sure you're roughly the same. So yeah. Again, I like to. I can't wait to get up. Once the alarm goes, I don't have a cup of tea and take it back to bed. I've got, not got a telly in my in my bedroom. Yeah, I just want to get up. Yeah, I don't lay there and and sort of think about it or go out and make a cup of tea. So I get, just get straight up, have a cup of coffee, and one piece of toast. Does me. I don't really want to eat, but I feel like I need something, and then put the news on for five minutes and I'm out the door. And that's what sort of my morning routine, really. Is that what you were sort of feeling um, or? I, I, well, last time we talked, we were talking about, you might do this in the evening, mm. about, about your shower, your outdoors. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. shower race. Yeah, yeah. Do you do that in the morning or evening? Uh, mixture of both sometimes. Right. Um, but mixture of both. Are you so still doing it now? Absolutely, yeah. What um, is I it, sorry? I see what you're referring to, Chris. Uh, about three years ago, I, I come across an article about the benefits of cold water. Hmm. And I thought, hmm, this sounds interesting. So I read a bit more about it. And again, going back to the training, I've always sort of, uh, if I see uh, one of the places I take my friends to for running, there's is a lake. So I quite often get in the lake, stop what we're doing when we're running, jump in the lake, get out, and then just carry on running. Right. Uh, so I, I sort of had an affection for cold water anyway. And yeah. if I see a lake, I just want to get in it. So that <laughs> diversifies like a little bit. child. Yeah, so again, yeah, yeah. not to stop being a kid. Yeah. So I thought, well, and I've read this benefits of cold water. And if you, if you research the benefits of cold water, it, there's a number of um, things that is yeah. sort of beneficial. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to help with depression. Um, uh, not that I'll ever get depressed, but I know it, it, it's a thing these days or whatever. Yeah. It helps with your well-being. Um, it helps with your immune system. So there's quite a lot of benefits, quite a lot of benefits. So I thought, well, I'll give that a try. You've probably seen Wim, Wim Hof, have you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah Wim Hof, yeah. So Check I him out if you yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah, he's worth checking out. So originally it did come from him, yeah. but not many people have heard of him, So, but he's worth checking out. Mm. So it was about May time. So... I started having showers in, uh, I thought I'd try these cold showers. So I started um, having them indoors and it was okay, but I thought it's May, I'll start showering outside. So I haven't got a shower outside, I've just got a hose, a garden hose. So I go out on my patio and I'm not overlooked in my, my patio, but I couldn't care less if it was anyway. Right, yeah. So it don't, I'm not bothered about that. So I started just having the shower, took all this, the shower gel out, just leave it on a patio. And now, for the, in, I'm into my third winter without a break, just going out on that patio in the morning, in the evening, sometimes you know, twice a day, depending on what I'm doing. And I'll just go out there and put the hose on and, and, shower, outside. and shower outside. Winter as well? Winter, third winter. <laughs> so right, the way through, right the way through. Right <laughs> the way through. I've gone out there and there's snow on the ground <clears> or whatever. And the very, very odd occasion, the hose is frozen. So I've had to go back in and have a cold shower inside because the, 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 it's, it's frozen. <laughs> it's ruined and your fun. Yeah. So people say, no, no, you don't really. I'm like, I do, honestly. So um, people said, why don't you get a proper shower there? But I like the whole thing that it's just, it's just yeah, the hose. Yeah, it's just like it's primal. Just, like just, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, uh, yeah this will be my third winter that I'm going through it. So and See, I've, I've just done stand the... out there and I'll soak myself up 
the stars are out or whatever. Yeah. Maybe pouring me rain. There's just something. something so about I've I've had some experience with cold therapy as well in yeah, the past. You did. Didn't fucking last very long, right? <laughs> You've done um, that cryography. Or yeah, cryotherapy. I've done. Yeah. I've also had cold showers, and I yeah. just I really struggle. Cold shower is harder than. Cryotherapy. Yeah. Oh, something about the water. Something yeah. about the water. Yeah, the cryotherapy because it's dry cold. Yeah. yeah, it didn't do nothing. It's really good though. It's, like, I, think bird, someone... I mean, it's not cheap, is it? No. Like, compared to just p- no. putting a hose pipe mm. on you. But, Same mm. benefits. Same benefits. But I, as far as I'm aware, someone yeah. may prove me wrong there, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I think just cold therapy. Yeah. The, you you might get slightly additional benefits from the cryotherapy because it is colder. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think you do need... To, there's definite benefits to yeah, sure. showering in the cold. Definitely. Sure. I've tried it a number of times. And aside from the, um, like the, the research benefits that mm. you'd have to read into, um, certainly central nervous system, immune system, yeah. like mm. g- just general brain chemistry and so yeah. on. Um, aside from that... You fucking certainly wakes you up, doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah. And it just makes like, you feel alive. It, it does, does make you feel alive. That's exactly yeah, right. You just get a real whack. And to start yeah. the day yeah. like that, or, or finish it, I prefer the actual the ones in the evening. Okay. So I'll come home or whatever, eight o'clock, I'll have my dinner. I'll go out there then, like an hour before I go to bed. And right. you think that would wake you up. And actually, it improves your sleep. Really? Because you get that sort of little inner chill. So mm. it's, it's, it's like, it's inside. Yeah, it reduces your core body temperature, yeah, right? So a, it's a tiny little bit, but like enough, that, yeah. yeah. So as much as you're not shivering on the outside, there is a little sort of kind of chill coming mm. on. And you get into bed and you snuggle up there. It's, and it's, yeah. a, it's a lovely Dreamy. feeling. So. <laughs> For the people who um, just don't like the idea of the savagery of coming outside in the winter, yeah. um, there is there is like a, another way of doing it. Um, I'm not sure if it's as beneficial. I, th- I, I think that there is a certain like, that's a, like a, a really nice early win to your day. Mm. Or like a, you know, that's an achievement I think yeah. being able to do that and like a really disciplined frame mm. of mind the one thing I do instead I hate the cold yeah. right? so I, I just can't, I mm. just couldn't think of anything worse yeah. I just couldn't put myself under that yeah. Yeah. this time of year <laughs> but one thing I would do to try and get a similar benefit is the like alternate in the shower yeah. so go hot mm. a period of cold which yeah. I probably don't do anywhere near long mm. enough and then period of yeah. hot again yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd even find that difficult yeah. I, so I would find animal, that mate. more difficult I take the approach if I'm going to do a cold shower is I'll have, have a hot shower first yeah. and then just whack it all the yeah. way to cold yeah. and then I don't know why but if I'm already 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 wet already. sorry it feels uh, <laughs> yeah. it feels easier yeah. and then I just have to wait for it wait for it it's gone cold mm. but I think there's definitely benefit mm. to um, the mindset just to push yourself to do something uncomfortable as well I've found it's great for um, not panicking yeah. because you tense up, don't you, when you Absolutely. first get cold, but yeah. then you actually slow yourself, mm. calm down, relax. Mm. And I've heard even um, on that SAS program, they did it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. People in the it's ice the water. Yeah, and they mindset. said, like, calm down, you're not going to fucking die, yeah. relax. And you, you say that to yourself, and it's like, oh, mm. yeah, I'm all right, actually, mm. this is quite nice. But yeah. instantly, you're just like, Oh no! I'm like it's like someone's trying to murder me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's awful. Yeah. I'm jumping up and down, like yeah. waving about, smashing windows. Mm-hmm. Forest is barking downstairs. Yeah, someone's burgling us. Yeah. yeah, pull the curtain off. Just can't but, help but feel it's not worth it for me. It's, it's getting back to what we've talked to in the past. It's it's getting out of that comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, everybody's comfort zone is different. Yeah. You know, it might not be for everyone to have a cold shower out in the middle of winter, but there is something that you would benefit from just getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Because I do believe that we're all sitting in our comfort zone now. Yeah. You know, we uh, it's in our DNA to be a little bit uncomfortable, but 
we all have these lovely comfy chairs to sit in it's an air-conditioned office car's it's an air-conditioned comfy, car yeah. we don't really mm. now experience anything even slightly out of that comfort zone yeah and as much as it might seem difficult at first I think again, it's, it's the benefits of it. Yeah, it's yeah to try and do something every day. Yeah, that and everybody's different you, yeah. a little bit, yeah. and, and you know, there's different levels of comfort zone and scariness. Yeah, of course. You know? And uh, and I've done a few things like that, but um, I just think it it, it it is beneficial as much as you feel like you don't want to. You know, I just think mentally it's yeah. good. Yeah. Mike, you've done, um, on that note, you've done quite a lot of like out there adventure style yeah. like trips and things, haven't mm. you? Like, yeah. um, what's been your favorite? Because you travel um, quite a lot then train. Right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> About three or four years ago, me and a few really, three close friends decided to do a sort of an adventure type holiday uh, every year. So we just sort of chatted about it and one of the first ones we done, well it was the first one, was uh, Every Space Camp. Nice. Which, looking back, was yeah one of the highlights of my life, really. Really? Mm. And mm. again, mm. out of the comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, and we talked about it and you yeah. said you want to do it. So. Yeah. Um, I'd love to so do that. that was uh, really uh, just a, an, an amazing trip to do yeah. and I would thoroughly recommend that to anybody so because you're experiencing um, less altitude more difficult for your breathing you're down to about 50% of oxygen when you're you know in that, that area. base camp yeah really yeah, Shit. yeah you're living in extreme colds you know we never took out it's about it was a two-week trip but actual trekking is about five or six days Okay. Is there a spot? Do you have to stop and acclimatise yes. before base camp? Yes. You do. Yes. So you do an eight-hour trek, four hours up, four hours down, but you come back to where you were. Oh, really? Which is quite morally destroying because you've had a tough day. You know, you you've got to not, go up, right? Yeah, you've got to go up there and you've got to come back down. Okay. So again, that plays with your mind a little bit. But even at below base camp, you know, it's affecting you there. Yeah. So that is one of it. But but then you get to base camp and. Uh, we never took our clothes off because it was so cold, so cold, uh, for five days. Yeah. We even slept in the same clothes. And in preparation for this Everest booth, uh, they tell you, give you a list about what the equipment you need, obviously. I said a sleeping bag. Well, I thought a sleeping bag was a sleeping bag. Yeah. But you can get a sleeping bag for 30 quid, or you can get a it's sleeping levels, bag yeah. for 1,200 pounds. Mm. Okay. 1200 pounds <laughs> so they recommended and they're, they're rated in tog in the same way that a duvet yeah. are okay. so they said this this tog recommend this tog which was 800 pounds so and we was absolutely freezing in this 800 pound uh, sleeping bag really with our boots on absolutely everything really laid, laid up and yeah you take any layers off to get into the sleeping no. bag you're no. still cold in that absolutely still freezing out did you get some sleep still no, because your just body's tight. Right, so you lay, yeah. So you sleep in what they call tea houses, which is a um, single layer of ply, plywood, yeah. which has been carried up. There's no roads on there. Yeah. So they're carried up by the Sherpas. Yeah. Anything, any building is all been carried up there. There's no electric up there. There's just little generators everywhere. So it's one um, eight by five sheet, this uh, bedroom that we stay in at. Oh, it literally is absolutely freezing. So. Yeah. But another interesting thing about that is... Uh, Above a certain height, trees won't grow, obviously. So the only fuel that they can have to keep the, these little places not even warm is rat put, um, yak shit. Yaks are the, are the animals, the cows that carry the stuff up. Oh, okay. So this is a prized possession, this <laughs> yak shit. <laughs> because they dry it and they've got this, you have this little bedroom and you can get some basic food and stuff like that and there's a little 
room not much bigger than this and then sort of one of these fires um what they're called just uh, like a stove like stove yeah, yeah whatever yeah. so they have this certain amount of yak shit yak shit burner yeah yeah it. exactly yeah <laughs> and by seven o'clock they've used your, you know you can't have any more so right. it just it's barely you're still sitting there with all your clothes on anyway it's not like it's comfortable yeah. but it's barely livable so do they, do they <coughs> sit there with like mega layers yeah on? but no not so much but they do but they're used to it aren't they yeah. like i said they're they're mounting people so yeah you know they we've got all these technical boots on and they've got a dodgy old pair of trainers they're so poor yeah they, i bet that i bet that's true absolutely. yeah now, you know, they've got nothing so do you have a guide with you the whole yeah, time yeah yeah you have to have a guide so you can have a guide between t-shirts and donners you can have a, a guide that takes 12 people up but we wanted it to be a little bit personal so we had a guide between four of us so it was cool. just us but you can do trips and stuff like that so yeah. um so yeah, what was I? Saying? Oh yeah, about seven o'clock. Now you've, you've trekked and stuff like that, and all you're eating is lentils. Really? You know, it's like a lentil stew with a bit of onion in it and yeah. uh, and and rice. So it's like a bit of egg fried rice. So that's all you're eating anyway. Yeah. There's no really any. For how many days? Um, probably eight or nine, something no, like not that. Not going. Not going. Not, yeah. So. <laughs> so Can't uh, even have a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> At seven o'clock, you know, this the heating goes off, and a friend of mine. One of the, the groups. Do you cook? Said, do you cook that little stew for yourself, or is no, it they, ready they made? No, they supply that. Right, they supply cool. that. Yeah. So you have it cold or? Pardon? You have it cold out of a packet or what? No, 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 no. We didn't take any of that sort of food, but they 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 got no way heating that water off to warm up to to you know like mm. the whatever. So so it gets to seven o'clock as it does every night, and we're freezing cold. You don't really want to go to bed, but you are tired. Yeah. But there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So. Um, he says, uh, it's freezing cold in here. He said, uh, can I buy some more of that yak shit? He didn't care how much it cost him. He, yeah. It cost 200 quid for a little pile of shit like that. To yeah. be the boy, just to keep warm. <laughs> and they went, no, no, no. You've got to realise, money counts for nothing up here. Yeah. It, it, we're isn't all that, the same. Like, that's bizarre. A isn't leveler, it? isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 So you think with any amount of money you've got and all the power that that brings down in normal life, you know, you can get over a problem. You cannot. This no matter is, how much yeah. money you chuck at this problem, this it's is not going stuff away. Up here. Yeah, We're yeah. Life so he was like, "Oh, really? I'll, I'll pay for it. I don't care what it is." What no, about I'm me? Watch. Right Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> watch ain't no good up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want a five quid watch that tells the time. Yeah. So we went back to that was again. That just shows you about what is important. I, in life. I had a, a, a sort of picture of base camp in my mind as being mm. like a bit more commercial than that. I don't know why. I thought that it was like. There were like actual buildings and electrics, yeah, well, I'll, electricity I'll, and like well, lots of people. Is that not the... Uh, I'll explain that. Yeah, there is a lot, quite a lot of people because there is a season and the season starts now till about March. Right. And then other than that, they can't because of the weather. It, it's it's not climbable. But because it's on a glacier, base camp is on a glacier, there's no permanent structure because the glacier is moving all the time. So it is only tents. So at the end of the season, they pack up the tents and it is... You would imagine it's, as you say, commercialised. You go through this gate and you're at base camp and everyone's shaking your hands. Mm. It's just a great big open area, maybe, I don't know, 20, 30, 50 acres of, of sort of reasonably flat area. Yeah. And it's just, that's it. You've reached it. So oh, you, I you, thought you there were like buildings, yeah, this is like nothing. souvenir shops. Yeah, nothing. No, no. It's just... It's, it's pretty unglamorous, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You're expecting... It's, it's almost like an anticlimax. You're thinking... There's someone that welcome you, so you've made it to base camp. Yeah, but it's it's nothing. What yeah. what is and that's as high as you go, is it? That you can go if higher. You don't yeah, but no. But when you did it, yeah, that's like. And so, how long do you stay up there for? We we, we stayed up there for about a couple of hours. Oh, right. Because you've got to trek back. 
But there are train. people staying there, right? The people who are going up high. Yeah, and they have to live there for three, four weeks or whatever to acclimatise again. Really? Yeah. No, that so, sounds boring. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Yeah, you've just got to let your body get acclimatised to it. And uh, base, uh, Camp 1, you can sort of see Camp 1, but to get to Camp 1, you've got to go through what they call the Kumba Icefall, yeah. which is the most dangerous physically part. It's not a technical climb, although there is some technical climbs. Uh, but it's not like listed in Everest as one of the most technical climbs. Yeah. Um, but the Kumba Icefall is where, you, I'm sure you've seen it on television, where they have the crevasses and stuff like that. With the and they actually and get the, 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 uh, the, land, the, the snow uh, avalanches and stuff like that. So that, from base camp to uh, camp one, is the most physically damaging one and that, dangerous th one. Isn't there some sort of scary statistic about people who climb? Well, I... Yeah, yeah about, I think it's about yeah. one in ten, one in twelve. Don't come back. See, that's not the sort of odds I'd be up for no, taking on. I don't no. think. Is that why? Is, well, did I'll, you decide not to go to the top because of? Oh, I certainly how scary wouldn't. Even, it wasn't even in my wildest dreams to go to the top. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe have liked to have gone to Camp One. Okay, but physically after that, no. Really, no. No. Climbing Mount Everest is among the most dangerous pursuits in the world with a fatality rate of six point five percent. Oh yeah, six in yeah, every hundred. Yeah, so not far off that. Yeah, yeah six in every hundred. Yeah. Well, when you go to the top. You probably know it. You're passing bodies. Yeah. They're frozen solid. I see that. But they can't it? get them down because they're in danger of getting down yourself. Yeah. So it's some kind of fitting. So I didn't realise. So there's another there's another camp between uh, base camp and the peak then? No, there's four. Oh, fucking hell. That you have to that you stop you and to, stay? Yeah, you have to again. You have to acclimatise. So how long would it take you to get from base camp to the peak? Depending on the weather. It could take two weeks. So it could take run. three days. Right, okay. Three days or whatever. Because did you say it was funny enough? It was repeated the other night that Ant Middleton's yeah. one. Ah, oh, he did so peak. good. So yeah, good. and he's a peak. tough man. Yeah, he's, he's proper yes, tough. Yes, yeah, and, and he was brought to tears, and he lucky to survive it, wasn't yeah. he? Was yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, I must a lot of it's it because really you good. get stuck behind. The for him, he was he yeah. was physically capable enough of doing it, but yeah, a couple of times you get stuck behind other tourists doing it, and you're fucked. Like you're not going anywhere. You can't pass them and stuff like that. When you summit, you leave at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and you've got to make that summit by two p.m. Yeah. Because that's when the, you've got to get weather, back down again. Weather wise, yeah, yeah. yeah, and the night time pulls in and stuff like that. So uh, that that's why there's a very small window. But it was an amazing trip. It sounds with, amazing. With, trip. with things like that, I'd imagine the benefits kind of come afterwards. At the time, it's yeah, that's probably yeah, not that really. fun. Bit of a struggle, a yeah. little bit scary. Again, probably questioning what the fuck am I absolutely. doing? Absolutely. But then absolutely. you get home, yeah. you're good, you're yes. safe, and you're like, yeah, yeah. fucking hell, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, would, you, would you agree with that, having done yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Some, one person said to me, an, a professional athlete, that I, a close friend of mine, um, when you get in a situation like mountain or the Everest, if you fight the mountain, the mountains are going to win. Yeah. If you embrace it and think, right, I'm in this position, a bit like the cold shower. Yeah. Take a big, deep breath. Don't fight it. Don't yeah. tense up. If you embrace whatever mm. that situation is, Go you'll find it. it a little bit easier. Yeah, like a grass in the wind. Yeah. You know, you know and, they say and, and I thought myself, when I was, in, it was a bit tough and stuff like that, I was uncomfortable and I'm thinking, no, this is a situation. Calm down, yeah. Deal with it or whatever. Yeah. And I never had any altitude sickness at all. And it's not down to fitness, whether you get altitude sickness or not. It's just the makeup or whatever. But now I don't know why that was the case or whatever. I just didn't suffer from it. And it's certainly not due, uh, due to the fitness. But I just think, it, again, it was a mental thing. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm in an uncomfortable position here. It is really uncomfortable. It is what it is. Embrace it. Yeah, and I yeah. do think that that helped me out. Yeah, Not only up there, but in any situation yeah. that you are. Yeah. yeah. Any situation. It's not panicking as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's similar mm. to um, 
theories on helping panic attacks and anxiety. It's not yeah. not trying to push away. Like yeah. having a panic attack, don't try and push that panic attack away. For sure. Actually sit with it. How does this feel? For sure. Be a, be a bit more present in what's mm. happening rather than trying to push it away. Yeah. I imagine it's similar exactly. to what you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I've done one more thing as well, which was um, a, a, an amazing experience. Was I've done a tandem skydive. Yeah. And uh, I love doing it. I've done it head con. Yeah, I've yeah, done it head con, yeah. And I, I spoke to my mate who lives in Spain, and I said, you've got to do it. With, do the thing. But I wanted to do the course to be a skydiver. Yeah. And it's called an accelerated freefall. Right. So it's a series of eight levels, which get progressively more difficult. And if you pass it, when it takes four or five days or whatever, you can just be a, like a scuba diver. You just turn up, show your pass, and you can just Go dive out on your own. Right. Yeah. How old were you when you were doing this? That was 2000, so I'll be... 19 years ago. Yeah, about 50, 53, 54, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we decided to do it. Now, if you do it in this country, you're very subjected to the weather. Yeah. So he lives yeah. in Spain anyway. So we booked this uh, course up in Seville in July. So there was no problem about the weather. It was beautiful weather. So we went to Seville, didn't know where this airfield was going, booked it online, found this little poxy airfield that had a grass, dry grass runway couple of little um, huts and stuff like that and these dodgy old planes yeah you know there's no gold braid about it or yeah, whatever yeah. Mm. and you're thinking this don't look very professional but it, they're all certain levels you know it's called an AFF so they've got to have certain standards so the first day is you're in ground school so they teach you the basics of what you know what you're about to do but you're sitting on the ground yeah you know yeah. you've you're sitting on the ground and they show you how to exit the plane planes on the ground so it's going to be a little bit different when you're yeah. up there <laughs> yeah Just a bit. so at the end of the day you have to do this little test this little paper test and we all pass and they go right come let's go hold on a minute what the level one oh what that quick yeah well as in you're going to jump on your own well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how many jumps have you done tandem prior to that one fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so they go, yeah <laughs> so they uh it's five o'clock in the afternoon I mean, oh, I mean, I don't feel, yeah, I thought there would be a bit more than this. That, so, putting this suit on and stuff like that, and you're like, your ass is going now. Yeah, yeah right. Proper going now, now. So, you walk up to the plane, and it's, again, a series of levels of, of really nervousness. Mm. You put the suit on, you feel nervous, then you walk to the plane, and it's another level, and the levels are just going. Climbing to the plane, and you're sitting on a little wooden bench. You know, there's barely enough for four of us here sitting in this little plane mm. that's got tape everywhere, it's got Russian things written on it. It really is. Things rattling that yeah, should be Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Climbing to this plane and my mouth's getting dry. I'm getting nervous thinking about it. So they leave the door open for safety reasons, I don't know why, for the first thousand feet. So they go along there and you've got the door open, you're thinking, shut that door. <laughs> <laughs> I might fall out of here, yeah. So it takes about... <laughs> 10 minutes, 12 minutes to get to the 15,000 feet. And it's yeah. just going round in a circle. It's going round, 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 round. And you're thinking, the noise of this plane don't even sound good. Yeah, get me off of it. So, me and this, uh, my mate was doing it. So you've got two guys with you. So there's four, there's, there's two, uh, six of us, yeah. Two, two, and two. So they look at you, when you and the pilot goes, yeah, yeah. The, car, the pilot's sitting here, he's got a pair of, Shorts on, t-shirt, no, no hat, nothing, and he just a little light comes on when it's fifteen thousand feet. He goes to to the uh, instructors right like that. So they look at you right in the eye like that, and they go, Are "You ready to skydive?" 
I open this door. Well, you have to shuffle. He goes outside. <laughs> he goes outside the plane. So you're going to dive out two of it, with two of them, although they're not con- uh, physically. Uh, you're not joined to them. Yeah, yeah. He goes outside the plane. Yeah, he goes outside the plane and holding on to two handles. Yeah. As you're going along, you're fifteen thousand feet up. Start. You go to the edge of this this door. There's a little handle there where you put. So you're half in, half out. The yeah. wind and everything is mm. really going. The other guy's behind you, and now on the ground you've been taught to this exit procedure. It's check, 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 dive. Right. You cannot deviate that because you've all got to go out at the same time. Mm. Because the very first time you've gone out, they're holding on to your sleeve. Mm. So it's not like, give me a chance here. I'll, 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 just give me a step. It's check, 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 dive. And you've got to dive out. And they're holding on to you. And it looks like when someone's, when you sit on the TV, is that you're just floating down nicely. You really are not. No, you no. are fighting all over the place. Right. And when you first go out, you're tumbling, uh-huh. obviously. But you have to t- assume this position. Which just when you're still tumbling, you just want to grab the air that's not there. Yeah. So they're holding on to you, but now you're dropping. So it's a minute of free fall. So you reach terminal velocity at 130, 127 mile an hour, and a long time to be in in a minute when you're floating. You're not floating down. You're absolutely yeah plummeting. Plummeting down yeah. towards that ground. That's three miles away, three miles. But you're hurtling down there. It's not much. When you so three as soon miles, as they it? feel that you're you're stable, or if they if you are stable, they'll let you go. And then all of a sudden you're all over here and you're like this. And then when you get to 6,000 feet, you've got an altimeter here. You have to go through the pull procedure. And it's a tiny little toggle like that on the back of a rucksack that you've got here. It's not like the John Wayne films where they go like that. Just a couple of inches. Yeah, it's a tiny little thing. That's behind you. So, but if you just do that, you're going to upset the equilibrium and you're going to start tumbling. So this hand has to come around. This hand has to keep you balanced. Right. So any movement one side has to be counteracted the other side to stop you tumbling. Okay. So the procedure is to do that. Because so if you just reach for it, you start spinning. Yeah, you go like that. You never get it. So I'll do the pull. I pull the chute. Bang. There's just a big explosion in 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 this uh, harness that you've got. You've hit yourself. Bang yeah. like that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Look up. I've got a problem with the parachute. Now I'm on my own. They've pulled. Now on the ground, they say, if you get problems with a parachute, some you can deal with, some you can't. If you can't deal with, it's a serious problem with a parachute, you have to cut away, which you cut away, you pull this handle up here, which gets rid of that parachute, the emergency parachute comes out, yeah. and hopefully you're all right. But my parachute was, all the lines are twisted. Yeah. Now I'm really young now. I've had a couple of hours tuition down on yeah. the ground. Now I'm floating down. I've got a problem with the parachute. If I don't sort it out, there ain't no one around looking after me. Yeah. So all the lines are twisted. So when they said, well, at the ground school, if you'd get this problem, you've got to try and instill a kick anti-clockwise to where these lines are all tra- uh, um, twisted. I'm thinking, oh my God. So I try to install a kick. So you're trying to do this. And yeah. all of a sudden, bang, you do enough to, to unwind you. So yeah. you may do a dozen spins. You're still coming I'd down. I'd kick the wrong way. My yeah, exactly. would be like, it's sorry, confusing. see ya. It's just confusing. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, you, all your sensors are overload. So you have to go the, the way that you're twisted, and obviously. You have to untwist it. You have to look up, think, fuck. Yeah, exactly. You've got to work all this out. You're still coming down. So bang, I've sorted that problem out. I'm thinking. So you've got control of the uh, two toggles that controls the flight of the, uh, the thing. So you're coming down. They've got this red piece of tape on there it's probably about i don't know 30 or 40 feet 
this size of this tape, but up there it looks tiny. So you've got to wake your way down there. You control the parachute. So on the ground they say, when you get to 25 feet, put the brakes on the parachute and you'll just come into a land like this. Or you don't know what 25 feet is because you've got no perspective. Yeah. Because that ground, you are stationary and that ground's coming up. Yeah. So you've got nothing to measure 25 feet against. So if you break too soon, you might as well jump off the side of this building. And if you break too late, you're going to come in too fast and smash yourself to pieces. Right. So you've got to get that break. Well, sorry, what's, what's, what happens if you break too soon? If you break too soon, the, the parachute collapses and you just drop oh. dead. Oh, right. I see. <laughs> <laughs> if you break too late, you're coming in too fast. Yeah, yeah. So again, this is, you just got nothing, you suck and see. Yeah. So I managed to get it all right. Seems very land. risky, isn't it? Oh, it, it really is. It really is. Are you sure about this Spanish school? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got that, I worry with that one. But my mate, he, he'd come in too fast and he cut all his hand to pieces, had to have a couple of stitches in it and stuff like that, just where the ground was so hard in Spain anyway. Right, yeah. So he got that wrong. Uh, anyway, I get to level three, second, uh, third day, and I'm on level, no, level four. So as the progression, if you fail a, a, a unit, then you've got to do it again until you move on. Yeah. And the levels are getting uh, decidedly harder because at the end of it, at level eight, you should be able to carry, uh, get over any problem that you're going to have and you're going to have some problems. It's just in it's the nature of the sport. So on level four, I had to dive out, which I was doing, stabilize yourself, start spinning that way, stop, spin anti-clockwise, stop. Then when you get to 6,000 feet, you pull the parachute, wave them away, they're on the outside. So I'm going up there, so out I go, trying to stabilize myself, whatever. And they say, look at the horizon, and then you'll get some kind of thing about how many times you've spun. You know, again, you've got no perspective about anything. Yeah. You can't look at the horizon, it's whatever you're thinking that is. Mm. So I'm thinking about doing all this, this spinning. And literally, to sort of spin that way, you just dip your a tiny little bit like that. In your and hands. you will start, well, and then you start going like that. But if you do too much, mm. you've lost it and you're out, you're, you're out, out of the box. <laughs> so I'm doing all this, and I've got to 6,000 feet when I should have pulled my chute, and I'm still concentrating on doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I forgot to pull the parachute. Forgot. And you think, well, how could you forget it? Yeah. So the boys that the, the, are out sort of 25 feet away, they've been giving me hand signals to pull the chute. And I've just not even seen them because I'm trying to concentrate so much on doing what I've got yeah. to do yeah. before. I forgot to pull the chute. So I'm down to 4,000 feet, which is 20 seconds away from hitting the ground. So, <laughs> if give up having uh, signals, so he's coming to me like this. He's got about this far away from me, like mm. this, and he's gone. Oh, say, pull your shoe, and I've seen panic in his face. So I thought, oh, but that fuck. You out. If he's panicking, I really am in trouble. So instead of going through the pull procedure of doing this, yeah. I've just gone like that and grabbed. So now I'm going head first, trying to overcome the wind resistance to get my hand round to pull the chute, which yeah. I can't do because I'm, you know, I'm head first, you can't overcome, so I'm, I'm sort of trying to get like that. So in the next five, it took five seconds for this to sort out, but it takes me even longer to explain. He's come in, grabbed my arm like this, and I'm thinking, he's trying to kill me. So obviously he hasn't pulled his chute. No, we're still falling, yeah, he's yeah. trying to sort me out. So oh, we're tangled up together. He's and he's holding my arm like a vice. He's, unbeknown to me, he's trying to put my arm round to where the toggle is to pull the chute. I'm thinking he's trying to stop me. 
He's literally trying to stop. We're, he's trying to kill me. Yeah. So I'm fighting him. <laughs> and then we ain't getting nowhere. But this is only in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. So he's realised that that's not going to work. So he's come round the back of me and pulled my chute for me. Yeah. But in doing that, the danger is that we both get tangled in the chute as it comes out. Yeah. And we're both dead. And lucky enough, the chute opened and we were safe. And I'm just floating down now. I'm not floating down, but I'm in the And I'm thinking, oh my God, my confidence is shot to pieces. Yeah, yeah. I've had a problem with the parachute. How could you forget to do that? You know, I've nearly killed the pair of us. Yeah. So we get was down. Was he angry when you got down? Yeah, and my confidence. How could you be so stupid? I was shot to pieces. I could just not. Just that mic. Sorry. If, um, if someone had said, put your left hand up, I didn't know my left hand from my right hand. Yeah. I'd like a computer locked up. Yeah. Locked up. I just could not think logically. I'd done two jumps the previous... So I'd done three jumps that day. So one jump, it, it, it just ruined you. Mm. At about five o'clock. So we got down, had a debriefing, and he said, um, Mike, honestly, it's not a problem. All you've done, if you've got to do, is look at your altimeter. So you didn't look at your altimeter. If I didn't think you could carry on, I would not recommend you carry on. He went, go and have a cup of coffee. We'd go up again, Same do day. it again. Five o'clock, I've done two jumps previous to that, three, I can't remember. Or we can leave it till tomorrow. So I've gone and have a cup of coffee with my mate. And he's going, well, I can't tell you what to do. It's up to mm. you. And I'm thinking, please give me some uh, yeah. Yeah, support here. I was like, I'm shattered, absolutely shattered. And I thought, if I don't go up now, it's like falling off a horse. You yeah. know? And I ain't going to get a wink of sleep tonight thinking about it. I'm going to be looking at that ceiling. So I took a deep breath and said, let's go up. So I've gone back to him. All right, then. So we go up. I am trembling in this seat. I'm like this. Even more panic this time. Oh, presume, right? Yeah. And I can't think straight. So out we go, everything's fine. I'm doing all this sort of stuff. Now I'm watching these boys like a hook. Yeah. yeah, make sure I'm getting... He's giving me a little signal, hand signal, a uh, little signal, which was straighten your legs a little bit more. So I saw the signal and I understood the signal, but I still panicked because right. I saw a signal for him. But I, yeah. but I didn't misinterpret the signal. It was just, uh, for some reason, I just panicked again. Yeah, it's yeah. Like high stress. But I was, yeah, 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 yeah. So I pulled, went into the pull procedure too early, which is not dangerous, yeah. but... I just thought I'm done. Yeah, I just got like, down. I, just I thought, yeah, yeah. Thought, yeah. So I've, I've got down. I said, I said, I can't do anymore. Mm. He went, no, 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 no. Honestly, you wasn't dangerous. You just need 24 hours off. He went, right. yeah, just go to sleep and you'll be fine anymore. I went, no, I'm done. I've had problems with the parachutes. Something's yeah. telling me here that I've reached me level, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. My mate was just supportive. He went, well, you just got to do what you got to do. He's sailing through. He's having had no, yeah, no problems yeah. with the parachutes, right. which is pissing me off. Something, <laughs> something telling you not to carry on Exactly. There, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I went to bed. I didn't sleep a week. Come down. I was still of the main same thought when I got here in the morning. No, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I've reached me level. Unfortunately, it's not uh, where I wanted to be. And I, but, so I failed. But you know what? I learned so much from that failure. Yeah much much more than i ever would have done and i still look back at it at the time i was sort of pissed off at it seriously pissed off mm. but that was one of the best experiences at failing at something yeah not succeeding yeah you know if i'd have succeeded now that wouldn't be so raw and 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 yeah uh, such a lesson learn from it so it was it's a sort of funny situation where a failure can be such an amazing thing as well as as, as succeeding yeah, yeah. and i had all the, all the videos and stuff like that and I, at the time, I put them all in the bin. So I've got no recollection. Not, really. I was so pissed off. And now I look back and think, I wish I'd have kept it more. Yeah. But I've got no recollection. And you've still done that. jumps on your own, haven't you? Absolutely, just, I've done six. It's just you nearly fucking killed everyone <laughs> else while you did it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, 
again getting out of that comfort zone or whatever so <laughs> yeah that's an intense um, one we're going to new zealand i won't go on too much but we're going to new zealand in january yeah and there's a bungee i don't know if you've done I've a done bungee. It, yeah yeah. Nevis. Yeah, yeah but what we're going to do is the is the swing done everything right <laughs> we're, we're going to do the swing through the valley yeah so it's not a bungee but it's a swing yeah. through the valley so you sit yeah, in the chair three, there's three there there's a swing then there's one we go into the water, a bungee yes, water, and yeah, then there's yeah. the Nevis, which is the like yes, the original one, big daddy. Yes, yeah, so we're going to do the swing. Well? It's the biggest. It was the biggest in the world. Yeah, um, and I think there's one in South Africa, maybe. There's yeah, a bigger. But I don't know. Could be it's wrong. It's where it, it originated from, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah, so I've done, I've done the sky. I've done a few of the um, yeah. tandem skydives. You know, so right? yeah, and I, and I I love them. I, I, mm. They're actually probably up there top five best experiences well, of my life is, we did one in Yosemite National Park yes, and that was just incredible yes. yeah yeah um, so that really resonates with me but you, like the jumping out you physically doing it and this is why yes. I found I found that bungee jump harder than a skydive much harder yeah because yeah. you you're have initiating to it yourself push yourself over exactly and we had this like plan to like do this like really grandiose <laughs> like swan dive off yeah. the platform and i've got a video of it actually and i stepped up to the platform and i like bent my knees to like just, dive out and i just uh, melted <laughs> just, like, it's just so embarrassing i just, <laughs> just melted off the side exactly exactly yeah yeah so that's scary shit, yeah so, so everyone's you, comfort zone is different but i do think as i said you, you're better off if you can get out of that comfort zone a little bit and whatever that level is you know, I couldn't it's, agree it's, more it's so the interesting thing it doesn't actually get any easier each time does no. it I think you get better at disciplined at pushing yourself to do it but even with a cold shower mm. I'd be interested in your point of view it's still just as hard every morning yeah. to flick it all the way to cold yeah. and not jump out well I'll get undressed in, in, inside a nice warm house or whatever like this morning I went out there and I'm thinking to myself you don't need to do this why are you going to do yeah. Yeah. and I, as I'm walking down the stairs open the, the, the kitchen door into the and I'm thinking yeah, I'm talking to myself yeah but then I get under there and I just come back in and I go oh my god that feels yeah. so yeah. good the neighbours by the way they must have, <laughs> yeah, the he's, out he's out look he's out again there. well after that run <laughs> yeah. last night it was cold <laughs> and stuff like that I went Morning. out there at 10 o'clock last night and I was covered from head to foot in mud at yeah. 10 o'clock last right, night yeah. and uh, I didn't have to I could have gone out a nice hot shower been in the mud and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah. but you already no, are, you're like yeah 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 that's living though isn't it Mike, that is living. That is like uh, genuinely, you're an inspiration, no. mate. Like I think it, it's it, it's really nice to have someone to look up to who's who's still Agreed. like living, well, living. And I know so, you think like, you're amazing. not, but you are. I really yeah. do appreciate what you say. But honestly, I'm nothing special. It's just I've just been happy in what I do. And I beg to differ, happy, Mike. Thank you very much. I do appreciate your compliments. What, what would you say is is your thing? Would you say it's discipline? Would you say it's having fun? Would you say it's Talking to yourself, what is it? Podcasting. I would think, I would think it's a mixture of all them things. All them things. Mike, but, if you, sorry, go on. No, go on. Finish the no, question. No. Right. I was going to no. say, if you, like on that note, if you had to give 20 year old Mike mm. one single piece of advice, yeah. what would it be? Question. <laughs> Just be happy in what you're doing. Yeah. Be happy in what you're doing. It's tough, isn't it? Because you're always like, you always mm. feel like there's something more you should be striving for. Yeah, like, but I don't think it's that more complicated. No, it's the only common goal we all have. Yeah, yeah. Just, just be just happy. Be We're happy. on earth <laughs> for such a short, short space of time. Yeah. You know, if you're in a relationship or whatever, I just don't see the point just for the sake of it, of facing up to it. And as you said earlier, once you face up to them problems, they're never as bad as you think yeah. they're going to be. Yeah. So as once much as you might think, him, yeah. oh, I can't face that, oh, oh, it's not the right time, I'll do it next year. 
you know, next, you look back and that time's gone. Yeah, I bet it's it flies gone. by, right? Yeah. So just be happy, uh, reasonably happy. You can't be happy in all the times, but generally, you know, it's not that complicated, but just try and be happy. And if there's a situation where you're not, then do your best to change that. Yeah. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. Mm. But, and just thank the Lord that we can get up out of bed every morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Gratitude, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Mike Millen, it's an absolute pleasure, sir. Oh, it's been a pleasure to talk. And if I can inspire someone, even one person, to lead a slightly healthier lifestyle or enjoy life a bit more, then that makes me very happy. Oh, I think you've done a good job of that already, mate. Thank um, you very Instagram, much. Facebook, where's the best place to follow you? Yeah, uh, Instagram is Mike M. Run, and Facebook is Mike Millen. Nice one. So there you go, folks. Mr. Mike Millen. Thanks again to Mike for coming on. I took a lot of value from this one personally. Um, for me, it was all about the comfort zones, pushing yourself and finding finding exercises and, and things you love. Life is too short to stick at things that we're not into. So, And it's never too late to mix it up. Never too late. And Mike is living proof of that. Um, the cold showers thing I love. That's a really simple way to push yourself out of your comfort zone um, on a daily basis. It sucks, but... Um, you all, you never regret it afterwards. I promise you that you never regret it. Unless you fall out of the shower, smash your head, then you're gonna have a bad day. But um, that comes with a disclaimer. So let's all take a leaf. I mean, do what you want, but I'm gonna take a leaf out of Mike's book. Um, refusing to grow up, keep pushing yourself, finding things you enjoy, mix up your exercises. Mm, yeah, live, live. Gotta go live your life. Tomorrow never comes, people. Tomorrow never comes. But until next time, thank you for listening and we will see you all soon.